Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Deuteronomy chapter 4, and if I had to give today a title, it would be Moses Becomes an Old School Preacher. <laughs> I mean, oh man, it's great. I, I had these, uh, I'll tell you about it in just a moment, but I had these old school preachers, man, they would just, they get so fired up and it would be awesome. And that's exactly what Moses is going to do. But before we get into that, Make sure that if you like what we're doing here, you like, share, subscribe to YouTube videos. You are giving us a five-star rating on podcasts. Please share this with everyone. What I really, really love is this community that the Lord is building that, man, we are rallying around just reading God's Word together. That's what we're doing. We're reading God's Word one chapter at a time and letting the principles of God's Word change us from the inside out. And I would love for you to do this for me. Go to our Facebook group at Bible Breakdown Discussion and let me know how you are engaging with this. And today I got a question for you. I want you to go in there. I want you to tell me who is your favorite like old school preacher, like the hack and spit kind of preacher. Okay. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Who is your old favorite old school style preacher? Because that's what Moses is doing. So let me, let me bring it up to speed. Then I'm going to tell you what I mean about what he is about to do today. All right. So in the book of Exodus, we have Moses is called by God to go and to lead the people of, of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Well, they're not just going to let them go. So, you know, God has these different plagues that happen, and finally they are given their freedom. They, they're, uh, they're liberated. They see the Red Sea part, and they have all these amazing miracles. They go to Mount Sinai, and they get the law. They get the covenant of God. This is what I want to do. You serve me. I'm going to bless you. It's this amazing thing. While they're at Mount Sinai, they also write the book of Leviticus, which is the law of how to worship God properly, how to stay close to God as a nation. Well, then the book of Numbers is all about the journey to the promised land, which should have taken like two weeks. <laughs> it shouldn't have taken that long, but the problem was is they got there, they decided they didn't want to go in, God's judgment falls, and they spend the next 40 years pretty much waiting for that first generation to die. I mean, it's really sad, but that's what God ended up saying is he's saying, all you first generation, you're not going to go. Everyone 20 years and older, you don't get to go in the promised land other than Caleb and Joshua. And so those that generation ends up dying. It takes them 40 years to do it. And now you have got everyone who was 20 years and younger are now grown and adults, and Moses is about to die. He already knows his day is coming Joshua has been put in command and in control, and now one of the world's most famous, most popular, most well-respected leaders like in history. As I, as I told you on our last podcast, you realize that the three major religions in the world, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, all three of them only really agree on just one or two little things, and one of the things they agree on is that Moses was awesome. <laughs> I mean, he is one of the greatest leaders in history. He's about to die. And he is trying to invest into this next generation. He's, he knows he can't go in the promised land, but he wants so bad for the nation of Israel to not squander this opportunity like happened before. But instead, he wants to see them move forward and take hold of everything that they were supposed to take hold of. And so what the book of Deuteronomy is, it is a series of sermons written by Moses 
where he is encouraging, compelling, getting on them, <laughs> getting after them, as we would say where I come from, just to whatever you do, don't waste this opportunity. Go for it, man. You know, he's just, he's cheering them on. And what has been happening in the first three chapters is he has been giving them kind of an intro. You know, he's, hey, by the way, for some of you who didn't know, this has been what has been happening while we've been in the wilderness for 40 years. And so at the end of chapter three, we found that we've, we're finally up to date to where Moses is preaching now. And so I got this mental image. I don't know exactly how it happened. This mental image of Moses standing at the door of the tabernacle with the leaders all around him. And he is sharing this because what will happen, what would happen is because you, you got three million plus people, they can't all hear Moses. They didn't have amplification systems. And so likely what would happen is Moses would tell like a couple of hundred of the, the main leaders. And then the main leaders would go and tell the tribal leaders and it would go down like that. Right. So he's preaching here and there's also scribes over the corner writing all this down. And now he is done with his intro. <laughs> And he's about to lay into it, right? And this is why it reminds me of these old school preachers. I don't know where you grew up. Okay, look, I grew up in old school Southern Pentecostalism. Okay, so what that means is, is not all of them, but there's a lot of preachers back then that if they couldn't yell, they didn't think they were preaching good. I mean, they were just, they would get after it. And they always sounded like that they had some kind of a of, of a lung issue, you know? So they would preach and they <gasps> and they had to go back and they, <gasps> you know, just take this deep breath so they could yell a little bit more. <laughs> and man, some people love that kind of thing. Some people scared them half to death. I was one of those second people. I'd be like, man, is he, I think he's going to pass out, you know? But they just get so excited about what they were saying, man. They just kept going and going and going. And that's kind of what I got in my mind when it comes to Moses is up until now, he's been nice He's been calm. He's been like, you know, that happened, that happened, that happened. And now he's like, here we go. <laughs> and if you think about it, he's like, I'm, look, guys, I'm about to die. I, I am about to be in the dead. And so this is my last chance to try to shake some sense into y'all <laughs> because God's got some big ideas for you. He wants to do great things in your life, but you got to let him. <laughs> so here we go. NLT Bible's open with me. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Moses is about to tell us how it is. So let's read this together. Verse 1. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I am about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord your God of your ancestors is giving you. And do not add or subtract to these commands that I am giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord that I'm giving you. You saw for yourself what the Lord did to you at Baal Peor. There the Lord your God destroyed everyone who would worship Baal, the God of Peor. But all of you who are faithful to the Lord your God are still alive today. Every one of you. Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may obey them in the land that you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely, that you may display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. And when they hear these decrees, decrees, they will exclaim, How wise and prudent are the people of this great nation! For what great nation has God... Wait a minute. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call him. And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instruction that I am giving you today? But, 
watch out. Be careful never to forget what I have told you for what you have yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai, where he told me, summon the people before me, and I will personally instruct them. Then they will learn to fear me as long as they live, and they will teach their children to fear me also. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while flames from the mountain shot into the sky. The mountain was shrouded in black clouds and deep darkness, and the Lord spoke to you from the heart of the fire. You heard the sound of his words, but didn't see his form. There was only a voice, and he proclaimed his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to keep, and which he wrote on two stone tablets. And it was at that time that the Lord commanded me to teach you his decrees and regulations so you would obey them in the land you were about to enter and occupy. Isn't that amazing? Where he's saying, when you go into the promised land, you, t- you tell them. You tell them about the wisdom that I am teaching you that I didn't learn. I got it from God. And tell them about the wisdom, not only that it comes from God, but that you serve a God who is close to you who wants to know you. He was with you and among you. And when they see that, they're going to be amazed because there is no God like our God. Isn't that amazing that he is saying, just just live your life in front of them and they're going to be amazed and impressed. I would just, the question would be, for many of us listening to this, is there any time we can think of where someone has been amazed and impressed and is drawn closer to God because of the way we live our lives in front of them? That's what Moses is saying. He's saying, live your life in such a way that even your enemies are like, wow, that's awesome. I think that's a really, really good lesson for us. But he's got a lot more to say. He is, remember, he is, he is old school Pentecostal preaching to us, right? Here we go. Verse 15. But be very careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day he spoke to you from the heart of the fire at Mount Sinai. So do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form, whether of a man or or a woman, an animal on the ground, or a bird in the sky, a small animal that scurries along the ground, or a fish in the deepest sea. And when you look up into the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshiping them. The Lord your God gave them to all the people of the earth. Remember that the Lord rescued you from the iron smelting furnace of Egypt in order to make you his very own people, his special possession, which is what you are today. But the Lord was angry with me because of you, and he vowed that I would not cross the Jordan River into the good land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. You will cross the Jordan to occupy the land, but I will not. Instead, I will die here on the east side of the river. So be careful not to break the covenant of the Lord your God has made with you. Do not make idols of any shape or form, for the Lord your God has forbidden this. The Lord your God is a devouring fire, and he is a jealous God. In the future, when you have children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time, do not corrupt yourselves by making idols of any kind. This is evil in the sight of the Lord your God and will arouse his anger. Today, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you. If if you break my covenant, you will quickly disappear from the 
the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. You will live there only a short time. Then you will be utterly destroyed. For the Lord will scatter you among the nations, where only a few of you will survive. There in the foreign land, you will worship idols made from wood and stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But the but from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him all, with all your heart and soul, you will find him. In the distant future, when all your sufferings, when you are suffering all these things, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is merciful, and he will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he has made with your ancestors. So notice there again, he is saying, I need you to realize that God is above all this mess. All these things where they make these, these idols and they worship a man or a woman or they worship an animal or even they look to the stars and they worship. You know, Moses is saying, do you not realize, my friends, that God, our God, Yahweh, he made all of those things? So why would you want to worship anything lesser than him? But even then, Moses says, but guess what's going to probably happen? <laughs> is at some point, you're going to forget. And so you're going to end up worshiping an idol. But what I love about it is I love how he says, but if you will search for the Lord with all your heart and soul, you're going to find him. I think that's amazing. And I've heard so many stories about people who have, who have done that, that they just got rid of everything else in their life. They've searched for God and God has always revealed himself to them. All right, let's keep on going. Verse 32, Moses still preaching at us. Now, search all of history from the time God created people on the earth until now and search from from one end of the heaven to the other. Has anything as great as this ever been seen or heard before? Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survive? Has any other God dared to take a nation for himself out of another nation by means of trials, miraculous signs, wonders, wars, a strong hand, a powerful arm, and terrifying acts? Yet, this is what the Lord your God did for you in Egypt, right before your eyes. He showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. He let you see his great fire on earth so he could speak to you from it. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants, and he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of his power. He drove out nations far greater than you, so he could bring you in and give you the land as your special possession as it is today. So remember this and keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God, both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. If you obey all his decrees and commands that I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land your God is giving you for all time. Then Moses set apart three cities of refuge east of the Jordan River, and anyone who killed another person unintentionally without previous hostility could flee there to live in safety. These were the cities. Bezer, uh, in the wilderness of the plateau for the tribes of Reuben, Ramoth and Gilead for the tribe of Gad, and Golan and Bashan with the tribe of Manasseh. So he pauses for a moment and he's saying, 
God's got a big idea for you. He's going to do these great things for you. Don't you realize how amazing it is that God has spoken to you? That God is, I mean, he's, he's just like, Moses is saying, if you only knew how special you were, you'd never have another bad day because you'd realize how amazing you were. And then he takes a moment and he stops and he says, and by the way, even among awesome people, you're going to make mistakes. <laughs> even among awesome people, you're going to kill people unintentionally. You're going to do bad things. So, hey, everybody in here, you're super blessed. But guess what? You're still humans. So you're going to make mistakes. I love that. I love how that he, he kind of pauses in that that sermon or he, or he stops the sermon and he says, by the way, all y'all still human. Let me help you for a moment. And then he finishes with, well, he finishes the chapter with starting his second sermon. So here's the introduction to the second sermon by Moses. This is the body of instruction that Moses presented to the Israelites. These are the laws, decrees, and regulations that Moses gave to the people of Israel when they left Egypt. When as they camped in the valley near Beth Peor, east of the Jordan River. This is the land formerly occupied by the Amorites under King Sihon, who ruled from Heshbon. But Moses and the Israelites destroyed him and his people when they came up from Egypt. Israel took possession of his land and that of King Og of Bashan, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan. So Israel conquered the entire area of Aor at the edge of the Arnon Gorge all the way to Mount Sirion also called Mount Hermon, and they conquered the eastern bank of the Jordan River as far as the Dead Sea below the soaps of Pisgah. So as we see at the end of his first address, he starts off with giving us all the background, and then he just tells us, he's like, look, here's the deal. This is what you need to understand is that you're going to have to obey God. you got to do what he says, and you got to do it the way he says to do it. And don't let any other gods, yourself, others, things made by hands, don't let any of that come between you and God. And if you only realized how much God loved you, this wouldn't even be a problem. To realize how special you are in the eyes of the Lord, you would, you, you would never have another bad day <laughs> because of that. And then, oh, by the way, people are human. Bad things happen. Even blessed, blessed people have bad days. So here's some cities of refuge so that if you kill somebody without meaning to, uh, they don't come back and kill you. <laughs> so, I mean, Moses, he, he's, he's preaching to them. He's, he's giving them hope, but he's also just taking care of business at the same time. And I love this. And, and my takeaway from this uh, myself is that, man, I got to obey God. I have, I have got to just not let anything stand in the way of my relationship with God. Even when it gets hard, when it gets difficult, I got to obey the Lord. And I've, I've got to constantly keep in my mind, are there any idols being formed? And what that is, is am I giving something more love than I'm giving to God? An idol is something you worship. And worship is something you can do very differently. And so is it something, am I giving my thoughts, feelings, attention, affection to something more than I'm giving to God? And if so, I need to course correct. And I need to make sure I put it back in alignment. I'm going to ask you that very question. You know, what's keeping you from obeying God in your life? Maybe nothing. Maybe you're doing great right now. But if not, what course corrections do you need to make so that you can honor God with your life? And I'm going to tell you something. I think if you and I both truly realized just how loved we are, just how much God cares for us, I don't think we'd ever have another bad day. I think it's, 
I think the level of our bad day sometimes is the amount of distance we get between realizing how much God loves us. Because bad things can happen, but it doesn't affect God's love for us. Let me pray for us, and we'll be done for today. God, thank you so much that you love us more than we can understand. Thank you, God, that you call on us to obey you, but it's so that we can live in your blessings and in your goodness. I pray that you will help us to do that and help us to realize how blessed we are, just a little bit of how blessed we are, because I think if we could realize that, God, we would always run to you and everything. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Don't forget, Deuteronomy 30 says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death. Choose life. You make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. My prayer for you today is that you would choose life. Oh, 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 oh,